And good morning, everybody. It's Giovanni McIyer, and I'm back. There has been a little bit of a hiatus here because my last uh, podcast over on YouTube was in February. And the reason for that is because I got busy with publishing some books, um, one of my books, and uh, a few other things. So I had to take a little bit of break, but I'm back, and uh, I have a dilemma because I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to continue to go post post podcasts on YouTube, which uh, makes it hard for me to get into the directories where you can search for podcasts, or if I'm going to go to um, a software suite so that I can do video podcasts. Um, and just have them seamlessly work um, in that format where they will be listed in directories. So, as you know, there are about 73 episodes, um, hopefully not over an hour long in the past, starting last year, and uh, we're going to try to keep it down, keep the time down, um, depending, on the, depending on the day. Um, it's somewhere between 20 and 40 minutes, but my previous podcast have gone on for an hour, if not slightly over. Um, shortest ones were probably about 45 minutes. And that just seemed to be the natural flow of things. But um, this one is going to be short because I'm going to basically explain for those who gonna, um, that I'm new to who are not going to access me through necessarily through YouTube, um, kind of introduce you into my, into my thing. Of course, you can go to YouTube and uh, look for The By Jove Show. The By Jove Show, B-Y space j-o-v-e exclamation point um yeah and uh you should be able to see those episodes there um but for the new people this is what i'm gonna kind of give you a rundown of what's going on here now the original idea for this podcast was to promote my books so currently i have two books out i'm a novelist but i'm also a psychotherapist social worker. And uh, I'm also an ex-television news guy, an ex-documentary filmmaker, writer-producer, screenplay uh, writer, screenwriter. And uh, I had a stint early on as a uh, scientist, as a mathematician-physicist, and I went to graduate school for. And I also uh, have a musical background on piano. My main uh, focuses are on classical and jazz, um, a little bit of folk. Um, so you'll see a variety of things on this thing, having to do with science, um, having to do with, uh, in particular, climate change, because one of my books is pretty um, rich in that subject matter. Uh, you will see uh, subject matter concerning anything that comes up in either any of the books that I've written. So far, there are three out. There will be one out next year, another one out next year, and then I have another book that I am publishing, but by a different author. So we can talk about that kind of stuff, too, but you'd have to read the book, right? So, but what I do is I go through the news feed. Um, I used to go through the Guardian out of Manchester, but uh, I don't know if that's the, really the right place to go. Um, I have decided to switch over to AP News, because AP News is a little bit more straightforward. And as you can see, this is not a complicated um, 
podcast. It's using very simple uh, technology. Very simple. There's no studio. I have a little light. My cats might join me every once in a while. My two cats. Um, you'll see me with my water bottle. <laughs> I might wear a hat. You know, um, I'm not dolling myself up for this kind of stuff. I don't have time. This is not a slick production. Um, we're trying to focus on the subject matter. Okay. And I think you'll find that the subject matter is complex because it goes from one subject to the next. But all my various hats will play into it. So I'll have movie reviews. I'll have, I'll have music commentary. Um, I'll have psychological, social worky kind of stuff on here. Personal stories, things connected to my novels. And then I'll go to the AP News and I'll literally go down and maybe Twitter... Um, a little dubious of Twitter, always have been, but uh, sometimes people have some pretty intelligent things to say. Um, I think I'm following some pretty intelligent people. So, uh, with no further ado, um, I'm going to introduce you to my, to my two novels. The first one is called Descent of Man, obviously a play on Charles Darwin, um, but it's... Uh, it's 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 an, I think it's an interesting novel because it's it's kind of formatted. I kind of stole the format from Albert Camus, so he has a pretty famous uh, novella called uh, *The Fall*, *La Chute*, French, and but the subject matter is completely different. There's a lot of parallels, so that's number one. Number two is the latest one called *Schizosomnia*. I guess you can tell by the title. It has something to do with mental health. Um, but, but there's quite a bit, quite a, quite a few things that are going on in this book. But it's it's kind of a more personalized version of Descent of Man. Descent of Man is not really the kind of thing I usually write, but I kind of had to do it. It just appeared. And it's got some, a bit of politics. And I think it's politics that, you know, quite a few people can relate to to you, even if you don't agree with my politics, which, of course, I will let you, you will find out what my politics are. Um, but, yeah, this is the second novel. Mm -hmm. So, um, with no further ado, I will just uh, do a sampling of the kind of thing I do. So, I'll look at the AP News. And I'll comment on some of the stories. So, for example, the top story here is eviction filings are 50% higher than they were pre-pandemic in some cities as rents rise. Now, that's a perfect example of something that I will delve into because of its social work aspect, right, and policy aspect, because why is this the case? I mean, you will get the official word, but um, I'll try to give you the real deal. And uh, that's kind of my whole thing is to analyze things and, and try to look behind the curtain of the official the official story. Right? I worked for ABC News, Ted Koppel, Nightline, for about four years. I worked for Discovery Channel. I worked for um, the people who put the PBS NewsHour on for about a year. And... Uh, when you work in the business, um, and I've also written and directed my own documentaries that I've, you know, 
aired on, you know, over the, over on TV, um, three of them, which are more arts related. Um, so what I try to do is kind of peek behind the curtain, kind of let you know what goes what goes on behind the scenes, because all is not what it seems, certainly. So I mean, I can look at other um, headlines that might be interesting, right? Here's one about the news business. Fox News producer out after on-screen message calling President Biden a wannabe dictator. Yeah, be interesting to kind of look into that. Um, what else? Uh, there was kind of an interesting article not too long ago, a couple days ago, you know, about where all the money went, you know, with the COVID relief funds. Turns out 10% of it is basically unaccounted for or is... I shouldn't say unaccounted for. They 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 figured out that ten percent of the money of the trillions of dollars, which is a certain amount of billions of dollars, was wasted through fraud, right? So when the government's giving out money, of course, all the scammers come out. You get the phone calls, right? I get them every day. Uh, you know, let's talk about your, you know, whatever. I mean, they try to get you in many different ways. Four hundred one k. You know, supposedly you have some fun that's you're not you're not aware of, and you know, I mean, all these phone calls are really silly, these robocalls. But um, you know, all the fraudsters come out when the money comes out, right? Of course. Um, I don't see it on the on the um, on the feed anymore, but uh, I might I might try. You know, um, comedian Pete Davidson charged with reckless driving after Beverly Hills crash. It's always interesting to get into some of the entertainment stuff because I'm going to come at it for, through the through the eyes of PR, but I'm also going to come through it through the eyes of a therapist, right? Because many times what you see, what you hear, what, you, what is reported is not the real deal. And you can tell by the way that they, you know, have their press releases and what have you. So that's always fun. Um... I just keep going down. Science, technology, lifestyle. So let's just go back to that first article. So here we are. Evictions. Okay. Let's just read it. Um, it's coming out of Atlanta. Entry court using a walker, a doctor's note clutched in his hand. 70-year-old Dana Williams, who suffers serious heart problems, hypertension, and asthma, pleaded to delay eviction from his two-bedroom apartment in Atlanta. Although sympathetic, the judge said state law required him to evict Williams and his 25-year-old daughter in April because they owed $8,000-plus in unpaid rent fees on their $940 a month apartment. They've been living in limbo ever since. Okay, so they moved into this uh, dilapidated hotel room now, right there. The asterisk comes out, right? Why are they in a dilapidated Atlanta hotel room? Well, because... That's where people warehouse people who are unhoused or whatever. You know, that's the solution that the government, instead of building proper housing and not having it dependent on certain conditions that you stay sober and all this other stuff, they throw you in one. I, I experienced it a couple summers ago when I was on a road trip through Maine. And I went to a Motel 6. And guess what? When I got there, there were every, it was booked up. I mean, I didn't do the, any of the reservations ahead of time. But I uh, was paying like a hundred something dollars to stay there just one night. We got there late in the day. 
And even before we get to, get to the hotel, we see a whole bunch of people kind of walking around back and forth on the overpasses, and there's a lot of activity, and you're like, okay, this is either drug dealing, prostitution, or something like that. But then what you realize is that actually some of it isn't. It might be both, or all three. But, you know, I saw some pretty pretty strung out people, you know, basically meth addicts, a woman who was clearly a meth addict. And uh, so we go to the hotel and we want to check in, and, you know, I didn't even bother looking at the room. I just said, this is crazy. There's people all over here. This is a dangerous place, you know? I mean, I don't know. Um, it didn't seem very a nice place to stay. So I just turned around, and of course they didn't refund me because I said, well, the pictures that you show on your thing have nothing to do with what your establishment really is. So I'm going to cancel the date. I just, oh, well. So I, had to, I drove all the way back to Boston to get a decent hotel room. But anyway, um, you know, not to put down the person who's struggling with uh, addiction, but it was a pretty rough and tumble place, you know. Um, we weren't the kind of guests there, but basically Motel 6 and many other chains, you know, rent out their rooms to people who need housing, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's completely un unregulated. I mean, you know, people are doing all sorts of stuff in there that for the average person is not kosher. So anyway. These people don't seem like that. These people seem pretty wholesome. They just seem like they're a little bit down on their luck, right? Um, so, yeah. Talk about the bad conditions, water dripping through bathroom ceiling, broken furniture, no refrigerator or microwave. Um, it was 275 a week. Um, gentleman is only making 900 on social security and the daughter gets 800 from, you know, because her father is taking care of her, basically. Um, let's see, what does it say here? I really don't want to be here by this by the time his birthday comes. So for his health, it's just not right. So she, she's like a young girl, but she can tell, I mean, vi viscerally that this is not the place to be, right? Um, so they talk about New York State, Las Vegas, people getting evicted. After a lull during the pandemic, eviction filings by landlords have come roaring back, driven by rising rents and long-running shortage of affordable housing. Well, why do we have a shortage of affordable housing? Well, because the speculators are buying up all the houses and apartments across the country. And in a quiet conspiracy, they're raising up all the prices, right? And when you build a new thing, which in my town, there's new apartments all over the place, they only have to do a certain amount that are affordable like 10% typically, right? And even that is sometimes not affordable. When they say affordable, it's not like the old days in New York City where you had rent con rent control. You know, when I lived in the East Village in the 90s, um, I was paying $300 a month for a studio. Right now you're paying three, 4000 for that, or at least 2000 probably more. But anyway, there's no stock out there. Okay, so that obviously, if there's no place to live, people can't fill the space, right? Why have the landlords been able to, to evict? Well, in New York, what happened is they got rid of rent control. And I think they even might have gotten rid of rent stabilization, so, which is kind of a, you know, rent control light. But, um, you know, and they made it very easy for landlords to evict people. My sister was evicted in the heart of um, Greenwich Village. I was evicted in the East Village, because they got rid of that rent control 
thing, right? They let the building fall, fall into relative dis disrepair. And then once it's kind of condemned or whatever the rules are, you know, you can, you can just say we, we can wipe this slate clean, renovate the entire thing and go right for market prices. That's what happened to me in about the year 2000, right? So the, the, the rules have changed, right? Making it hard for people who, you know, middle class, poor people to live in these big cities, right? Um, yeah. Uh, most low-income tenants can no longer count on pandemic resources they, they had kept them, that had kept them housed, and many are finding it hard to recover because they haven't found steady work or their wages haven't kept pace with the rising cost of rent. Okay, well, that's another thing, right? How many, you know, job, you know, job available signs or whatever. We're hiring everywhere, but people aren't, aren't, aren't buying it because the wages are so low. I mean, minimum wage hasn't gone up in decades. Right? I mean, it's insane. $15 an hour isn't even enough. $20. Maybe you could you'd scratch by. I don't know. But um, it's hard, you know? And people don't want to work because it's kind of like when I when I was a stay-at-home dad. It was like, I could have I had a job, but because it was so low-paying, discovery, um, I didn't accept it because it was, it was it's cheaper for me to stay at home and take care of my kid and not send them to daycare right, than it was to work a job and then pay for daycare, you know, it was kind of silly, it didn't make any sense, my wife at the time was making quite a bit of money, so, you know, I, I, it was obvious that I would stay home, but, um, you know, people don't get a job if they can, if they can somehow swing it, so if you have one person who's making a good deal of money, right, but that's not always the case, so homelessness as a result is rising, well, I think it's a little bit more complicated than just those factors, right? Uh, it has to do with the entire public policy of the United States, the state you happen to be in, the municipality you happen to be in, et cetera, et cetera. Believe me, when I worked in a psychiatric hospital, you try to get people housing. You have to have a discharge plan for your clients who come into a psychiatric hospital. They stay for three days, and then you have to get them, make sure that they're housed, make sure they have uh, psychiatric care afterwards, this, that, and the next thing. And if you can line up other stuff, jobs, that's fine. But they have, there are certain things that have to be provided for them. And many times when you had a discharge plan, you, you would just you cobble together whatever you could. You know, people would say, we might have a place. Or we, and then you just kind of send them there. But it was never, it was never confirmed, right? Um, those people would just be kicked out in the street. And many of those people were homeless, a revolving door thing, right? They weren't get, they don't have a place to stay. They don't have proper medical care. They don't have, can't pay for it. They can't. Why? Why do you think the country looks the way it does right now? Yeah, and you know you could say, well, it was all Trump. No, it's been since Reagan. It's been a half a century of policy shifts, basically to the right, more conservative. And that makes it hard for people. To, to, to do these things and of course they they you know there's that stigma you know these the welfare queens and the pink Cadillac and all that right well I've never seen any of those people um, if people are honest and they come on a trip with me and I show you my clients what the you know the ones that I work with who are you know more or less destitute uh, you're not going to be seeing any pink Cadillacs that's for sure but anyway um, protections have it yeah blah 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 
Cross-country low-income renters are in an even worse situation than before the pandemic due to things like massive increases in rent during the pandemic, inflation, and other pandemic-related financial difficulties. Well, yeah. Um, inflation, that's a new thing. <coughs> Interest rates, you know, are going up, which makes it harder for people to buy houses, etc., etc. And it's partly the pandemic, but, you know, in our economy, in our hyper-capitalistic economy, um, yeah. It's very hard um, to to with climate change and other things like that. It's going to be it's going to get to the point where our our economy does not expand anymore, and so to, the the people who make money because they have money already, right? Well, they're okay because they've got money. They're just not going to make more. They can't live off the interest, in other words. But you know, people who don't have money have to deal with inflation. Right? And it's not going to go away because you can't you can't capitalize it away. Right? Uh, there's going to be a couple more years where we you know think that we can expand our economy. The only reason we can expand our economy in the first place is because we burn fossil fuels at a very high rate. Right? That's what made everybody their money when you trace it all back. Right? And so um, that that's not going to be possible anymore. Right? Can't do it. Can't do it anymore. Yep. So eviction filings are more than 50% higher than the pre-pandemic average in some cities. Um, landlords are filing around 3.6 million eviction cases every year. Seems like a lot. Among the hardest hit are Houston, where rates are 56% higher in April. Okay, this is a little sidetrack. I'm going to tell you about something. Why, where does all this money go? Okay. Well, I just, I have a client who has no money and resources. So whenever they have to go to a therapist, you know, with me, it's pro bono. With other people, other issues, they go. And they still get covered by Medicaid. You can still get another therapist working on a different thing. And uh, so this client of mine went on a 30-minute on a consultation with a different therapist. And she wasn't going to pay, but somehow the bill got to her. And for a 30-minute session, which my client said, basically, this therapist did close to nothing um, and just turned her off and said, I'm not going back because she has no empathy and it's just this is just a top-down approach, right? Um, I'm going to tell you what to do, right? Um, $890 for 30 minutes. Okay. That's an $1,800 hourly rate. Now, that therapist is probably not going to get that money. But the insurance company, the hospital, whoever is in on the insurance scheme, right, is getting that money, and most of that money is going to middle managers who basically don't do a lot. Right? And there's way too many of them. Most of that money is going to these people who have these really sweet jobs where they don't do much, they get paid an extraordinarily amount, amounts of money. You know, the people on salary probably don't get it, but the people higher up get it because it gets folded and, you know, whatever. There are many different ways of distributing wealth, right? So all this money, and where's the money coming from? It's coming from the taxpayer, right? Yep. So it's going directly from the taxpayer's 
you know, bank account into the bank account of middle managers at uh, all your favorite, you know, insurance companies and um, medical institutions, right? These days, a nickel and dime, you know, Barbara Ehrenreich, of course, she famous, famous uh, nickel. There's my cat. <laughs> That's Dexter. He He's very opinionated. Anyway, um, you know, it's amazing how much money goes to waste, right? And and gets gets goes goes from already well well you know go goes from basically people who don't have a lot of extra money, probably not a lot in their bank account, you know, and goes to the people who are much better off than they are, you know, in, in large amounts, you know. So it's kind of a reverse Robin Hood kind of thing. But anyway, you know, they just make it seem like it's these market for these things that just happen and nobody has control of it and it's out of our hands and well if you believe that very naive um so they keep talking about it. rent rents going up you know they're, they're they're tracking all of this stuff through apps like zillow and what have you government agencies um yeah so the federal government had a moratorium on evictions. Now that has ended. A lot of things have ended. Emergency uh, rental assistance for, you know, paying your rent. Um, housing courts are again filling up and ensnaring the likes of 79-year-old 70, Maria Jackson. Yeah, I mean, snagging is kind of the word because it's like it's a net. Right? Those landlords are are fishing and they have very large nets and you get stuck in them, right? So um, this person is a massage therapist in Las Vegas. By the way, my book, <laughs> this is why there's endless tangents to go on. Descent of Man takes place mostly in Vegas, okay? And it talks about the workers there and how they're treated and what the reality is versus what you think happens, right? Anyway, with the decimation of the unions and what happened. Um, yeah, so Las Vegas has seen one of the biggest jumps in eviction filings. Um, her business fell apart. She sold a car, applied for food stamps. She got behind on her rent. Now she owes $12,000 plus. She moved in with a former client. Um, that's probably not... 100% kosher, but, you know, uh, that's when people start bending the rules, right? You know, massage therapists are not, any kind of therapist is not supposed to be having dual relationship type contracts with their clients, right? So, um, yeah, but she found a room in Las Vegas for $400 a month, has 1241 uh, Social Security, it's not home, but I'm one of the lucky ones, she said. I could be in a tent or a shelter right now. Now, in my little town here in the Midwest, during the pandemic, there were tent towns popping up all over the place, just down the street from me. I live in a pretty nice neighborhood, but uh, not too far away within walking distance. I go on my walk, and I suddenly saw in the middle of winter all these tents going up, and they were families with kids, and no bueno. It was really... I was completely shocked i mean i shouldn't be shocked because i've seen i've seen it all but to see it go up in real time and just you know and in, in the you know the way that the policy is is so bad that it 
creates these problems. You see it happening in real life, in real time. It's depressing. Yeah, I talk about upstate New York. Um, you know, it's hard to find affordable places, even if you have money. Um, but if you have money, you, you know, you, you can pay the money. So, uh, housing advocates had hoped that the Democrat-controlled state legislature, they're talking about, I think, New York, will pass a bill requiring landlords to provide justification for evicting tenants and limit rent increases to 3% or 1.5 times inflation. But it was excluded from the state budget, and lawmakers failed to pass it before the legislative session ended. Well, why do they do that? They do that because they're in on it, too. Government people are in on it, too, because they get lobbied by these people, right? And they get campaign funding from these people. And with Citizens United, right, doors wide open. So they're not going to pass laws, right? Because that means they're not going to get elected. And being elected now, you just have to get elected once. And your chances of getting thrown out of office are so slim. The incumbent almost always wins. There's not, it has nothing to do with issues or anything. You know, we all believe that there's two sides and everybody's arguing. It doesn't have anything to do with that. They just want their paycheck from these interest groups, right? Either landlords or corporations or this is how they get rich. Government people did not used to get rich from being a... a a servant, a public servant, right? Now they all become millionaires. You know, there's something wrong with that. How do they become millionaires? Well, it's all legalized. In the past, it would have been, you know, you've been kicked out of office. But, you know, you change the rules. And so everything is absolutely culture in terms of law. And they're certainly not going to change those laws because they keep benefiting from them. So, yeah. Our state legislature should, should have fought harder, this person says. Well, they clearly don't understand how this works. Because that's a very nice position to think that, that they're working for you. Right? It's like a bureaucracy. They're working for themselves first. right? And then they'll throw you a bone here and there. So they can get elected. Right? But in Texas, evictions were, were kept down during the pandemic by federal assistance. Uh, yeah, this is a state that never wants federal assistance, right? But as protections went away, housing prices skyrocketed in Austin, Dallas, and out. Like, I know people in Austin. Austin is such a mess now. When I first went there, it was just so nice. I mean, I was a latecomer because, you know, in the 70s it was hot. You know, I got there sometime in the, in, the, in the 90s for the first time. And I thought, this is a cool place. But since then, I mean, it's become a very large city with all the large city things. The housing prices are through the roof, you know all the rest of it. Um, it's not really, many of these cities are not very livable in terms of a reasonable budget. But, um, yeah. So, what do they say? Advocates were hoping <laughs> a state legislature might provide relief, directing some of the $32 billion budget surplus into rental assistance, but that hasn't happened. Well, what do you think is going to happen in Texas? Austin is liberal, the rest of it is not. If you think those folks... I don't know if they have a super majority, but something like that, right? You think those folks, you know, are, are going to give you benefits. You're, you're sorely mistaken. If New York State, which is almost a super majority Democrat, isn't going to give you that, you think Texas is going to give it? You know, at least that 
the, th the thing that was really funny is they got rid of the, uh, what was it, the Attorney General or whoever, who was very corrupt, and even the Republicans couldn't take that guy. These people who are incredibly uh, uh, compromised and corrupted had to impeach this guy because um, it, was, it, was it was just too far down the road. But anyway, um, yeah, so they keep talking about different municipalities, and uh, it's sad to see. Yeah. So, this is state of America now, the greatest nation in the world, who can't even afford to house their own people. Nor give them health care. Nor dot, dot, dot. If you look at the UN um, Declaration of Human Rights document, certain things are, most nations provide, right? And you should. It's kind of a right of being a person on the earth. You can't control who you're born to, but I think most people would agree that you have a reasonable shot at it, which means you have housing, you have food, you have education, you have health care, and, and a couple other things, right? And if you have those, you can not only succeed, but you can give back to the, the greater community, right? And, and, and in history, that's what works. But we are, we are on 100%, pendulum is 100%, 180 degrees difference um, from that philosophy. So I'm wondering when it's going to come back, because I keep thinking it's about to come back, but I, no. Anyway, so that's the kind of thing I'm going to get into. Um, now, I have to experiment with this because I know how to get it up on YouTube, so you can find it there, today's episode, for June 17th. 2023. Um, I'm not going to uh, say which one I'm, I'm going to put on because first I have to see if I can do this properly and easily. Um, podcast is not my not my bread and butter. I'm not going to get anything from this. It's just, I think, good to get out there and have some honest discussions or uh, not really discussions, but you know, I'm putting stuff out there and hope you hear back, of course. Um, in the meantime, yeah, we'll see what happens. But that will have to be it for By Jove, June 17th, 2023. And um, I'm going to try to do um, a podcast each week, at least one. But uh, in the past, I've had as many as five a week. Um, just depends how much time I have between the writing and uh, my psychotherapy practice, um, and I'm a single father with a 16-year-old uh, daughter, about to turn 17, um, certain things get in the way. So, well, I shouldn't say get in the way, but you know what I mean. Time is limited, right? So, yeah, if you're interested, check out my books. Appreciate some, some interest in those. Um, but otherwise, I hope to see you again soon. Yeah. Have a good one. Take care. And look for this podcast in uh, whatever directory you might find it. I'm trying to find, you know, the usual places where you would be able to find it, like iTunes, Apple, Spotify, um, you know, the typical, typical ones. Anyway, take care. Have a good day.